So welcome to our first bite-sized podcast with highlights from our Simmons views. Today you have me, Amy Samaria, and also Gordon Ritchie. We're both supervising associates in the financial services regulatory team in London at Simmons. Hi, Gordon. Hello there. And we are recording this from the cafe at the Simmons office. So if you do hear a bit of clinking in the background, that's why. Um, so, Gordon, do you want to explain what our views are? Sure. So, as you may know, we produce monthly views on key thematic areas of regulation, which draw on updates from the regulator, industry and our own insights. Uh, we cover SMCR, crypto, payments, markets, consumer duty and ESG, and they all get incredible feedback from clients. So if you are keen to join the mailing list, then please do get in touch. So, Amy, SMCR plus view, what are your highlights this month? Well, I think one of the really interesting elements is the final notices that were issued by the FCA. In particular, we've seen a final notice against a senior manager. And in summary, uh, the the individual involved uh, attacked another individual with a machete, which resulted in them being convicted of various offences and sent to prison for a period of time. And the FCA found him to lack fitness and propriety, specifically integrity and reputation. And I think whilst obviously it's really helpful to have decisions from the FCA, this isn't actually that helpful for firms that are looking for guidance, particularly in relation to non-financial misconduct, because it doesn't really help them in terms of drawing the line in the sand as to what amounts to a lack of fitness and propriety, because like so many of the other examples that we've seen before, it is so egregious. You know, I'm not sure that there are actually that many senior managers walking around with a machete. But I also think that this final notice does tie into the conversation that we had with the FCA around non-financial misconduct and particularly the dearth of guidance available for firms, which makes it really challenging for firms dealing with non-financial misconduct matters, particularly as it relates to the conduct rules. Um, And I suppose for fitness and propriety, it's worth mentioning that there's not the same codified requirement that misconduct relates to the performance of the activities of the firm. So it can mean that misconduct out of the workplace becomes relevant to individuals' regulated roles. Although I would note that the FCA was criticised in Frencham for not sufficiently linking the misconduct out of the workplace to the individual's regulated role. Um, And what is clear from this latest final notice is that the FCA are really impressing the fact uh, that this had an impact on the individual's reputation and also that of the industry and really highlighted that the press coverage of it and the fact that it was so easy to Google it was a particularly aggravating factor in their decision. But anyway, that's kind of a whole different other podcast and that we could talk about for hours. But I think one of the points uh, that we talked about with the FCA was around the conduct rules, because that is different in that there has to be a sufficient nexus to the activities of the firm, which creates difficulties for firms in establishing what is sufficiently connected. So is it a work party or is it an after party of a work party? And also none of the FCA's guidance really covers this in the handbook because it all relates to financial misconduct, not non-financial misconduct. And so firms are really operating in quite an unclear environment and the only dicta that they have is really from FCA speeches and papers where it talks about it um, quite tangentially and, and not in giving any sort of specific guidance for firms to work with and it definitely aren't any specific rules and I think our conversation with the FCA was interesting not so 
far as for them to give us any particular direct guidance that we can give to firms. But interesting in in the sense that they clearly understood the challenges that firms are facing and the difficulties, uh, particularly in the industry, for achieving consistent outcomes um, in relation to non-financial misconduct in the absence of there being any specific FCIA guidance. And they did say that they're hoping to provide uh, some guidance on non-financial misconduct as part of their DNI consultation paper next year, but it's not guaranteed. So we really are waiting with bated breath to see whether anything will, will come of that. But I think one of the other really interesting points from SMCR Plus View this month is around crypto and uh, SMCR. So Gordon, you're really the brains behind Crypto View. Uh, so can you just give us a little uh, bit of information on on what's happened and, and how SMCR may become relevant? Sure. So the Financial Services and Markets Bill is currently working its way through Parliament. Um, and this bit of legislation is going to amend FISMA, uh, so the Financial Services and Markets Act 2000. Um, and it's introducing changes which is going to impact crypto firms, among many other things. Um, so key to this is an introduction of crypto assets into the definition of investment for both sections 21 and 22 of FISMA, which covers financial promotions and regulated activities. So while this doesn't mean that crypto assets are going to be regulated as soon as the bill comes in, as they're not going to be specified investments um, under the regulated activities order, um, the the amendments clarify what was widely understood already, that investments can include crypto assets more generally. But crucially, it also appears to lay the groundwork for both the regulated activities and the financial promotions orders to be amended at a later date to specify certain or potentially all crypto assets. And it would be at this point that firms carrying out certain regulated activities in relation to crypto assets would require authorization to do so, which is a significant shift from the current position. And it would also, at that point, potentially bring them within scope of SMCR. Mm, really interesting. So I think we're almost at time there. Um, are there any other things that firms should be thinking about? Yeah, so I think the other highlight for me is really around the consumer duty and uh, the need for relevant firms to be embedding the SMCR changes that are associated with the duty and <clears throat> I know a lot of firms are grappling with this at the moment but it's going to become increasingly more important and there was some uh, dicta from one of the FCA speeches this month which really said that when they're looking to ensure that the duty has been correctly implemented and that consumer interests have been fully considered etc the FCA are going to be holding firms, but they say specifically senior managers and boards accountable. And so really this brings to the fore senior managers reasonable steps uh, and also how the firm are embedding the new conduct rule uh, within the firms and, also, and using it to help facilitate that sort of cultural change that the FCA really focused on. Amazing. Well, I think that's everything. So thank you very much. Well, thank you, Gordon. And I suppose it goes without saying to anyone listening that if you'd like to sign up for any of our views, uh, then please do email either Gordon or I at amy.samaria at simmons-simmons.com or gordon.ritchie at simmons-simmons.com.